Fun fact about Claire. In her rental property, the carpet is so putrid that I have gently hinted to aggressively suggested <laughs> that she gets a runner to hide the most revolting bits. No one can run that fabric. <laughs> <laughs> Even strangers have come to her house and have said, hey, have you thought about a runner? <laughs> and when I have asked her time and time again, mate, why don't you just get one? She's like, I can't afford it. I'm like, Claire, you can definitely afford it. She's like, but it's 4,000 centimetres <laughs> long. You guys, Claire thought that a metre had 1,000 centimetres in it. People pay me to do things at their, at their organisations. <laughs> I've got a job. Just a human job. Bananas. <laughs> God, so Claire's got the longest house in the world. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Good Sheilers, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we are longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we will tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for good sheilers. So, Bron, it looks like remote learning and lockdown is coming to an end. Stan Andrews is rolling back the curtain in Melbourne and we might go back to little bits of normal life. How have the last few weeks of remote learning gone for you and your many children? Many children. Um, I, I've really liked it that I've been able to chop and change some mm. stuff and not feel bad about it. Also, my kids are like six months old, so who yeah. cares? Who cares? They're tiny. What it's, about you? We have completely given up. We have a couple of really dedicated weeks of doing Every single thing and bless the teachers at our local primary school. They have put their heart and souls into it and I cannot complain a bit. But it's just really hard. And so for the last week I was like, right, we're on school holidays. Yeah. Well, seriously, who cares? Susie's in prep. She's in prep. And also it really, it will be fine. And I'm also you one, they're so, so tiny and we're so lucky yeah. that we're completely disregarding their futures. Like, fuck their stupid tiny futures. No. <laughs> Olive has just like, Olive has, le- like her handwriting's legible now because I'm like, I can't, I can't look at that any longer. And maybe her teachers could stand that. Her handwriting that. is like my carpet. Olive, <laughs> like, get a runner. <laughs> She's running all over her paper. <laughs> yeah, good teaching. Well, you guys, this episode, it's going to get a bit ranty, okay? And it's going to get a bit pushy because even though we love you guys to bits, we're going to make you think about whether or not you're an asshole. So bear with us on that. And also, we're, we're, we're a little bit ourselves. Yeah, okay. well, we are as well. This is yeah. a self-reflection Everyone as well. Everyone is a giant, stinky bumhole. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> especially Claire's carpet. <laughs> when I tell people I'm a high school teacher, Claire, mm. they physically wince. Sometimes I vomit. <laughs> <laughs> On your carpet? <laughs> uh, it's almost like I flipped a toenail at them. 
And no, it's not because they earn twice as much as me as me and they experience less stress-induced alcohol consumption. But it's because people, I find, generally hate teenagers. It's mostly because we all were one at one stage. Mm, I can't remember. Yeah, it was a long time ago for you. <laughs> Only a few years ago for me. And those years were absolute garbage for mm-hmm. most people. Um, it maddens me when older people tell teenagers they should be more grateful because school is the best time of your life. What horrific advice. Yeah, such a red flag. It's, somebody is a fuckwit. Yeah, it's wildly <laughs> inaccurate as well. Yeah. What were you like as a teenager? Oh, God. I My my head grew really quickly, like it, like <laughs> physically. Not like I'm not talking about like intellectually. Like I just had a really large head and a, like just that lovely. It was really big. It was really, really big. And it's like only recently. I don't think it's caught up yet, but we're still waiting. And I just remember just how excruciating it was like my funny pudgy teenage body and just feeling like everybody was looking at me and then oh my god the relationships with the other kids they were fucking brutal oh they're horrible do you remember getting kicked out of the group uh, i remember that in primary school and i'll never forget it uh, it's a uh, high school i had it a bunch of times and it's just it's it's just like i remember that grief i remember what that felt like and it's just it's 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 yeah. the worst thing in the world. It can't. It definitely like has a part in defining you. I do remember one stage. Um, I hadn't been kicked out of the group yet, but everyone had had a turn, and I was standing on the stairs, and then these two girls um, looked at each other, and they said one, two, three, and then they bolted, and I stood there, and I was like, oh my god, it's happened to me, oh. and that moment, it was this sinking feeling of, oh, that's complete and utter rejection, but hugely humiliating as and well. It, it stings, it still stings now, like, what is it, like, 53 years on, I just, I feel, <laughs> I feel that there were, there were cool kids in my high school, I remember the names, and, and, and I hope you're out there, and I hope you're safe, and I hope you're doing okay, but also, she definitely doesn't mean that because she's there an was, asshole. There was, there's, I'm not going to name those. So there were like the cool girls in the cool group, and they were so brutal. I remember one of them in year seven, year eight, handed me a, a note, and I, all I wanted them to do was be my friend. Like it's all I wanted was that they were my friends. They were brutal. They were not my friends. Like me. <laughs> Please, I, I really need this right now. Um, <laughs> I'm still waiting. And um, and one of them handed me a letter and was like, oh, my – and the letter, I opened it up and I was like, oh, my God, she wrote me a letter. And were, she was like, oh, my God, Claire, why did you tell Lauren and Jamie and Tammy that they were fat bitches to me? That's so mean. And I told them and we all hate you. And I remember being like, I didn't, I didn't call them fat bitches. I didn't and they like fold like it was just they took the note back they folded it up and they walked away like they won the war and I remember being like how am I ever going to recover about everything about that's confusing but mostly the most confusing bit is that there was a girl called Tammy in your class but (laughs) you guys you guys being a teenager is a cruel time we have very little control over your exploding body and emotions and even less control over the people you have to sit with every single bloody buggery school day And because everyone's swimming in vulnerability and hungry for just a lick of power, these teenagers are are likely to turn on each other. And Claire, Mm -hmm. because I'm Ellen DeGeneres, I'm going going to compare it to something I'm really familiar with. (laughs) 
jail. <laughs> it's seriously, it's kind of what it's like. There's this weird power play in high school where kids struggle to be taken seriously and they're desperate for people to think that they have it all together and that they're okay, but they're scared and confused and insecure and they're so sure people are laughing at them or they're just about to. And in order for them to salvage any kind of power, they're susceptible to laugh at someone else or make them feel like um, that they are the centre of attention for all the wrong reasons. And to make people see that uh, that they are not the person being laughed at and the other person is scared and that they're confused and they're insecure, not them. And believe me, these kids who laugh at the other kids are really hard to like but they're not hard to understand. So what does this look like across Australia, Bron? Like what does the data tell us? So um, the data from LSAC in 2016 found out that almost half of children aged 12 to 13, 46% experienced bullying in one year and they also bullied another child. So from that we can tell that bullied kids become bullies. Great! (laughs) And because the internet exists, hurrah, cyberbullying exists. One in five Australian young people, so that's 15% of like little kids and 24% of teenagers, admitted behaving in negative ways to appear online, such as calling them names, deliberately excluding them, or spreading lies or rumours. Of these, more than 90% had had a negative online experience themselves. Oh, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. But which kids are being bullied more? And this is the really, like, really shitty bit. So um, the Australian uh, Education Authority's 2019 stated that while children in any population group can be victims of bullying, those who belong to certain groups or are viewed as being different from their peers tend to be more vulnerable. So bullying is more common amongst children with a disability from culturally and in linguistically diverse backgrounds who identify as uh, like sexually diverse or gender diverse. Um, and uh, anyone who seems to have a point of difference that kids can't seem to resonate with. So we know that kids who are in the minority or seem to be most vulnerable are the bully's biggest target. Mm. And for you adults out there, you're probably thinking, shit, yeah, I'm an adult. I'd rather cut my left foot off before being a teenager again. But wait on, are we any better? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, thank you. (laughs) Okay, so most people don't see masses of teenagers at work every day. And it's really easy for adults to kind of say like, okay, teenagers are garbage and adults, we've got it worked out and school is crap. But being an adult is like, we're at least we're a bit better. But for us adults who work with adults, we're thinking, wait, those angry mean teenagers that you're talking about, Bron, sound like Michelle in HR or Trevor from reception. (laughs) And that's because this yucky behaviour that I'm talking about, we love to lump it with teenage, but it still exists in adults. And unfortunately, some adults didn't grow out of that scared, insecure stage that I was talking about. And at varying degrees, that manifests into gross behaviour that someone has to fall victim to. And we need to recognise it because 
who the actual fuck still wants to be in high school? Absolutely no one. But I want to make a really important point here about something that you said. Um, I think we need to move away from the idea that adult bullies hurt because they are hurt. Like, I think we can give that to kids, right? We can understand and intervene with kids. But as adults, we're developed humans and we have to hold ourselves and each other to account because we can understand our own behaviour, right? And we can understand the impact of it. Yes, we might be scared or we might be insecure, but but also, like, who isn't? Like, 94% of yeah. the time I'm crying. But <laughs> <laughs> Real stats. But when somebody deliberately inflicts pain on someone else, someone else right, it's, it's useful to understand the drivers of that behaviour, but it takes away from the severity and the impact of that harm. And we need to focus on the people who are hurt rather than why the people who harm hurt on the individual level rather than the systemic level. But yes, with teenagers, we can be like, yeah, they're vulnerable. They're, you know, they're, they're struggling, but adults, I mean, sure. Grow up. <laughs> no, totally. But I also think that when you talk about the implications or I guess the impact, um, it, we can't, we also can't take away from like teenagers didn't mean it and adults mean it. Yeah. We can't do that. No. Teenagers do some horrific things that have impacts that last forever. Absolutely. And does that mean that kid should not be held accountable? For sure. We, I, I've had teacher mates who have been um, victimized and horrifically bullied by some teenagers to mm. the point where they have had to change their career uh, and, and sometimes it's still I mean we were talking before about our high school experiences and talking about it makes you feel as vulnerable and insecure as if you were standing right there mm. right as if you were still these things carry and and they carry and you're absolutely right we have to hold everybody to account because the harm is so great yeah but I what I, I guess the the point I'm making about bullies um being like insecure people it it allows us to humanise them and to be like, oh, you're coming from a place of hurt mm. or you're coming from a place of not being able to process something or mm-hmm. something has not gone well for you and you have you are taking that out on me. I'm not saying we need to feel sorry for them. Mm. What I am saying is they're really hard to like but they're still just struggling with something as well. And I think that's a really appropriate and important perspective for teenagers and maybe it's an important kind of lens for some adults but at some point you need to shift the focus away from the bully and onto the victim and the bully right which brings us to yes our topic today here are some tweets okay guys they are from 2011 from me to claire <laughs> she just does not let up <laughs> during a campaign of bullying the context of the perpetrator was an adult and the victim was a child. At Courtney Stodden, what drug makes you do that with your mouth? Asking for a friend who really wants to know how to look like an idiot. Thanks. At Courtney Stodden, I hate you. At Courtney Stodden, my Friday fantasy, you dirt nap. Mmm, baby. For everybody who doesn't know, dirt nap is American slang for dead. You take a nap in the dirt, which is your grave. Bron, who said those things? Oh, her name is Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen, fucking beloved internet celebrity, married to John Legend, has, like, what do they win when they write songs? Is it the Academy Awards? What uh, is that? I think it's sex. <laughs> what is the award? Who cares? It's the... She's a very powerful, beloved woman. Yeah, she is because her husband is lovely. He's like the ideal husband. She had this like very kind of um, 
this relatable, not for every woman, but for some women, this struggle to conceive. Mm-hmm. She was... Um, she seems like pure and, and she's accessible funny. and funny. Yeah. We, we love her. We, we like her. her. But a couple of weeks ago, somebody came out and said, this woman bullied me on the internet to a point where I nearly broke I while think, I was a child. Yeah. I think there's some interesting things that have come up from that. So for those who don't know, Courtney Stodden was a child uh, and she married Doug Hutchinson, is that right? Yeah. And she was 16 years old and he was 51, okay? That is already super gross. <laughs> uh, and you will – this happened a, quite a long time ago, over 10 years ago, right? 2011. Yeah, yeah, so she – okay. Yeah, so she was married to him for almost 10 years and she – this horrible man, like this creepy successful actor, came in, promised to give her acting classes. She applied when she would have been 15, 16 years old. He was like, yes, you show promise, took this tiny child and then said, oh, actually, I'm in love with you. Her, like, desperate for fame parents. I don't like to judge parents, but this is a moment where I'm This is carpet fucking level behavior, guys. (laughs) It's it's rank shit. (laughs) Yeah, he deserves your carpet. Their parents were like, you know what, fine, we'll sign all the right paperwork for you to have our child and marry her and then... He- but please put it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Put it on like, social media. <laughs> and also he like he doused her in, in um, uh, plastic surgery and the interviews that they had together are just horrible to watch. They make you cringe and cringe and cringe because she doesn't look like uh, she knows what's going on because she um, doesn't. She's a child. She's a child. So this year... She came out and she announced that she was divorced and she said she acknowledged the abuse and the manipulation that occurred during her life and she farewelled her ex-husband. That is fodder for another podcast because yeah. it's very, very complex and very, very broken and about power and the patriarchy and abuse. But what is really troubling is that shortly after she announced her divorce, she came out and she said that an adult woman was cyberbullying her and saying horrific, traumatic things. And there's, there's receipts, right? There's proof on the internet of somebody saying these awful things on Twitter publicly directed at this child, and it's disappeared. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, that makes no sense to so me. So why? let's unpack that. Why is it that Chrissy Teigen, who everybody loves and worships, can tell somebody that her fantasy is that somebody dies yeah. and we all ignore it because we like her content. Yeah, it's pretty grim. She came uh, – so Stodden, Courtney Stodden has, as a 25-year-old woman, has come out and has said in a video, um, this video is calling out Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen. She stalked me. She harassed me. She bullied me. Keep in mind I was a minor. I was 16 and 17 during her period of bullying, of hating on me. And I'm not trying to say she knew what was happening um, but when I was 16 years old and married to a 50-year-old and you have to be a celebrity with a platform like Chrissy's bullying you, it sticks with you. And I'm realising how much Chrissy Teigen affected me. You shamed and abused minor. You even t- started a trend on Twitter. I was a kid and you broke me. Shame on you, Chrissy. 
It was, and, and the, the troubling yeah. thing is that there's evidence, there's compelling yeah. evidence. She hasn't still deleted it. it. She hasn't deleted it. So how is she, I looked at her Instagram today, because I've looked, I followed both, I've recently since we decided to do this, I started following Courtney Stodden, and I haven't started following Chrissy, uh, Chrissy Teigen, but I looked at her account today. All of Stodden's, the victim, is about, uh, so much of her account is about I'm calling this out. Yeah. I've made it. Uh, she's made a song called "Bully" that's going to be released on Monday. I, I, you know, you know, power to. I hope it's good, um, but I can't imagine it's going to be amazing. But it, but she is trying her best to be it's like to alive. So, yeah. yeah. And then Chris. And then I looked at Chris. Uh, it's Chrissy, nothing, silent. Nothing. It's, it's fucking nothing. And what's horrible contextually is that Chrissy Teigen has recently come out because she was wearing a swimsuit and she posted a swimsuit picture on ISO and some beauty blogger texted that her body looked like a rectangle and Chrissy Teigen, in the same time frame where someone has come out and said, you bullied me, you harassed me and it's not okay and I'm really hurt by that, in the same time frame, she has come out and been like, you shouldn't body shame people, you shouldn't cyber bully them, my body's perfect the way it is, which it is obviously and all those things are true, but you can't do that yeah, you in the same yeah. room. You can't be mean to someone and then say to someone else, don't be mean to me. Exactly. And I think the really the, the interesting conversation that comes with this is why is it that we only hold some people to account? Why is it that we're happy to ignore this kind of behaviour when we like people? And 2011, I mean, we were young, right? Brian, how old were we? In 2000 what? 11. Uh, 25. I don't know. I have no idea what year it is now. 2020. We were younger. We were in our mid-20s. We're 33 now. So whatever that is. So we recently found a photo of us sitting in an airport in 2011 watching Kate Middleton's Bar Mitzvah, whatever she did. (laughs) She's a wedding player. God, it's the most important day of my life. And, I mean, it was long ago for us to be like, oh, my gosh, that's really cute and we were tiny, but also to acknowledge that we were adults, right? Consenting adults with trajectory of our behaviour who could behave and there were implications. So why is it that Chrissy Teigen gets a free pass? Like, mm. if right then, I mean, we were nobodies, we remain nobodies, but if we were there and we were like, we had a campaign of death threats against a child and somebody was like, hey, mate, that was really fucked up. You shouldn't have done that. Surely we'd be like, oh wait, that was that was a hundred percent wrong. Yeah, and all yeah, I can see where you're going with that. But also, what I want to even go back a little bit further into the past <laughs> and go back into our friend's bathroom when we were sixteen and we cut each other's fringes. What? <laughs> yes, we were very smart. It was a wise <laughs> idea, and we both came out came out looking like tiny dwarves. <laughs> That. If someone if someone took a photo of us and uploaded it onto the internet and an adult came in and said, you look like a fucking idiot, we'd be like, don't, we're kids, we yeah. don't know what we're doing. So this is like the same idea of like kids kids make bad mistakes. They do, and, and they make bad mistakes, but in the context of an adult marriage to a 51-year-old yeah, man, like that mistake. is not a mistake, that is abuse. But she's like, the way that she acted, she like <laughs> the way that she acted on those... And if you guys haven't seen it, I encourage you, and we probably I'll put up a link on Instagram, but I encourage you to look at some of the videos between this poor 
poor child, Courtney Stodden, and her revolting then-husband, Doug Hutchinson, and how she's leaning on him and... Um, Simpering, right? Yeah. It's like she's, oh. she's a child pretending to behave as an adult. Because she, she has to sell that. Yeah. She has to be like, no, this That's was my decision. Yeah. This was mine. But it, it could not have been. It can't. It could not have been. Because there's a reason we have legal ages of marriage. It's because... Children cannot consent to adult relationships. Exactly. And that's why I was never, ever in a state of mind to give you consent to cut my fringe. <laughs> and I'm going to sue you for it. Was it like this super short, like, open? Yeah, because cause, cause when you're young, you think... Oh, Emily came out around there. No, it's, we weren't even trying to do that. We you just pulled it real tight and I could smell, like, the, the cask wine on your hands. <laughs> And then you cut it real short and we looked in and Jill's mirror and we were both like, we've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Is that kind of like when my first daughter was one years old and you were like, her hair is in her eyes. And I was like, oh, it's okay. And then you're like, no, 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 you cut should it. cut it. And you're like, just twist the hair into a tiny little tube and then cut it. I'll pour you more wine. And yeah, I remember doing that. And then as you're cutting it, I was thinking, she's doing it all wrong, but this is going to be so funny. It was. It was. You know who she looks like? Ellen DeGeneres. Oh. Cool segue. Let's talk about Ellen. So we're talking about bullying. We're talking about inappropriate behavior. We're talking about holding people to account. Chrissy Teigen should not escape accountability. No, and there is evidence... Like really strong evidence. This is where we butt heads. No, so there's really okay. There's really strong evidence to show that Chrissy is a cunt, and there's also really strong evidence to show Chrissy has not said sorry for that time because she has not said sorry for that time. (laughs) And there's a very very broken girl out there who's 25 years old who lost the end of her childhood because her broken parents and her gross husband took it away from her and. Uh, there's a very successful woman, Chrissy Teigen, who is like acting like she still can't see or hear her. As is Ellen DeGeneres. So for context, and this is something where we really do not agree, Ellen DeGeneres has recently been in the media. The first thing which got the biggest headlines was a really insensitive joke. She was at home during ISO, like everybody else, Oh, wait, no, not like everybody else in her hundreds of millions of dollars worth of mansions. What did she say? She just said, oh, um, I feel like this, something along these lines, I feel like this is a lot like being in prison because everyone's in their pyjamas and there's lesbians everywhere. And the backlash was from people who have been in the prison system and have family and friends in the prison system and they said, mate, you are a super rich celebrity with hordes of wealth and privilege and you can't you just can't make jokes about that. That was the first limb of the Ellen backlash. Which by the way has completely it's collapsed, like the Chrissy Teigen backlash has collapsed. The second bit was and this is probably an inappropriate place for this to start, but a comedian got on Twitter and said, Hey mates, I've heard a lot about Ellen and her behaviour and I've heard from friends in the industry that she does some really poor things on her set. I will donate a dollar to charity. Two dollars. Two dollars. Important point. Two dollars. If you come out and tell me your story of Ellen's behaviour. 
And there were thousands. 300. And, no, there were thousands. 300. Then. He donated $600 to charity. There were thousands of tweets. Six. There are $600 that he donated to a charity. I made sure I read up on this. $600. Maybe there were thousands of tweets afterwards, but but for that for that period, and it got enough it got enough um, airtime. Is he donated $600 to a charity? For Which that. okay, even okay, the data I looked at it was different, but even that was 300 people who came out and said, "Hey, yeah, I'm in the industry." And I was affected. Mm. And the stories are varying. And you and I have talked about this a bit. Some of the stories were petty. They were about kind of minor, like, misunderstandings. Some of them were out-and-out workplace bullying allegations. Sure. And the point of difference between us is that I think that Ellen should be held accountable for her terrible behaviour and you think that the, the you think that perhaps the way that it's been gone about is not fair. So I do, if she has done something wrong, like I'm not, she's not my sister. I know we look very similar, but she is, <laughs> she is not my sister and she's not, she's not someone who um, is my mate, but I do feel like um, if she's done something wrong, she definitely needs to be held accountable. But my problem is that, and when I was Googling this, just to make sure I was on, like, on top of it before we talked about this today, because we had a very heated discussion about this the other night, I wanted to make sure that I knew what was going on and she all the all the people who are covering this it's like Daily Mail didn't you call this the the queen's poo porn it's like the poo porn of the media yes daily mail is terrible right. but the garden the guardian also covered it but there's mo- but it's all and none of it is like, like backed up with anything it's just all like people going like and people piling on top mm. and if she again if she has done something wrong she needs to be held accountable. But the point but. is that she's silent. She's silent as Chrissy Teigen. She's not come out and denied, but that she has the power to do that. She has the power to be like, I'm going to ignore this because it doesn't matter to me. She came out so that her thing got shut down, her studio got shut down, and I, I doubt she has full control over what the pay is. She is not, she doesn't. She is the executive director of the But she would have company. not have every single decision that is no, going on there. No, but she is there. the peak point. She is the decision and maker again, with hundreds of millions of dollars behind her. And again, if there is if there is a pay discrepancy there, she definitely has to do, she definitely has to follow through. My problem with the, with the Ellen thing that has come out, and again, if she is a bully, she definitely, this has to happen. But I've read a bunch of the things and they are super petty. One guy, one of the biggest ones that came out was this this uh, security guard who had who was Portia de Rossi's security guard for the night of something where Helen uh, sorry Ellen different lady completely <laughs> Helen, Helen is my mum <laughs> she is Helen DeGeneres so um Ellen was hosting and that if she was hosting to thousands of people it's being broadcast to millions of people that sounds very stressful already it does, Claire. It does. You were just surprised. I'm sure I get it. But so, okay, I'll tell you what the guy said. So she was like really stressed, whatever. She got in the car. The guy was like, oh, hi. And she was like, yeah, hi, yeah, hi. But she, wouldn't, she didn't make eye contact with him. She was kind of like focusing on her notes and things. He kept, he was like, she was so rude. She never said thanks for thanks for protecting me and my family because it was Portia de Rossi, Portia de Rossi's mum and Ellen. 
He was upset that Ellen didn't turn to him and say, thanks so but much for saving. he did it saving. for years. I read the same articles. This is one on just, it wasn't just a one-off. And look, I, that was not the most compelling thing. And I get that people were getting aggrieved about little things, but the other things I read and the same tweets and the same accounts were people who would come into a workplace and say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing off the cuff that she observed, not directed on her, and found themselves blacklisted. Or people who would be in her workplace and she would treat them so rudely and so unkindly that they were forced to leave because it was such a toxic place. And my point, I suppose, is yes, give Ellen the benefit of the doubt, but she doesn't need it. This is a super wealthy, super powerful person. Her voice is very, very loud. And it doesn't matter because people don't give a shit, right? White women like me will continue to watch her daytime telly shows. But you should get a job. <laughs> <laughs> it's very lonely. <laughs> but the, but these these people came out and they came out on Twitter with their, you know, with their names there. These are people in an industry where they are disposable, where there is always, always somebody in the wings. And they said, actually, the treatment I experienced in my workplace was not okay. And the person who treated me that way was Ellen. Mm. Like, they don't get anything from that. Yeah. All they get is incredible vulnerability. Look, I get, like, I see what you're saying, and anyone who was treated badly, my point is, anyone who was treated badly, if anyone was underpaid, I 100% strongly agree that they that should be fixed, okay? And I don't think that she is um, above anyone else, um, and I do think that any, any bad behaviour she has showcased needs to be acknowledged. However, my problem is... She has been kind of like liked it and lifted up um, by the by I guess society. People have liked her, understood her, been like celebrated her since in I guess the nineties. She had a, her own show called Ellen, or I guess it was called then. She where she had to pretend she was a straight woman. She came out and then said, "Actually, I'm so so tired. I'm suffocating under this kind of heterosexual like veil you've got over me." I don't want to play this part. I really owe myself the truth. I'm going to tell people I'm gay. Everyone around her said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. She came out, eventually said, yes, I am gay. Then there was another actor who, who, uh, who uh, an actress who came on to the show and acted as her lover. Both of those women were, like, basically banished from Hollywood. They, did, they couldn't get apart for ages. The show, the movie that saved Ellen DeGeneres was years and years later after her she said she slept on friends couches just desperate to get ahead and she it was it was finding nemo mm, one that where she movie. was it was a great movie but <laughs> she was genderless and loveless and she was adorable and great and she was celebrated because she was so funny and and likable and nice and then she started to gain traction again. People, the world kind of moved on a bit and they were like, actually, great, fine. And so she has, I feel like she's made, paved a way, whether this is entirely real or not, she paved a way for people to, for, for the world to see that you can be gay. Yeah, and that's critically important. And like in, in, in the scheme of things, what she has done is extraordinary and important and she has suffered and struggled. But that does not give you license to treat people like shit. And that that's the point of this, right? We're talking about accountability. We're talking about Chrissy Teigen and the fact sure. that mums rally behind her and admire her and think she's wonderful and down to earth and accessible and make them feel okay. But that does not mean that she didn't bully a child 
until a child to kill herself. Yeah. And yes, Ellen opened up a world of opportunities for people who who prior to that didn't happen and she struggled but that does not mean that she can treat people in her workplace like shit yeah these things don't they they don't forgive each other no they don't and look I, but we don't know exactly what has happened in but the that, workplace but that's what that's what i want to point out like I, I guess that's what i find frustrating like in, in with these kind of things when they happen in the workplace when people say oh we don't know the truth but in the same breath you are preferencing one person's story over another and you have one very powerful woman who has not who has not had to acknowledge any of these allegations because she doesn't have to because she will keep being super rich and super successful and then you have all these very vulnerable people coming out and saying actually her behavior really harmed me and they are vulnerable because of that and they are in an industry where they will be impacted by that but they came out anyway because it was so harmful for no personal benefit. Oh, or definitely very, personal. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, maybe a hundred bucks from one news story. But like, when you're talking about an entire career of money, which will follow, like, and again, this is the field I work in, which is why I'm so passionate about it. My expertise is in employment law and workplace law, and the harm that follows workplace bullying and workplace misconduct and harassment in the workplace is devastating it ruins people psychologically emotionally socially in every aspect of their life it follows them and a lot of the time they never ever recover so for these people to say well we don't have enough evidence we don't have enough proof so we're going to go with the status quo that is enabling the system that beyond who the person is who the perpetrator is there is a power struggle and it pushes down and we allow people in positions of power to treat their employees like shit and to ruin their lives if we say, well, actually, there's not really enough proof. Yeah, and again, but, but the thing is, my problem is, is everyone is casting all of these opinions and, and um, out there when they're holding on to stories like the one I read about the guy who said, oh, she didn't look at me when she was hosting the thing, or the girl who said, oh, I made a, I made a mask and I sent it to the, the show and then she gave it to a, someone. In the, it's like, well, how did you know? So the, the, all of the articles that I read were quite petty and what it felt like to me was the media trying to pull down someone who worked really hard to get there. And if she did the wrong thing, one hundred and fifty billion dollars. Okay, if she didn't she do should... the wrong thing, why hasn't she come out? Why hasn't she come out and said unequivocally this is untrue? Because she doesn't have to. No, you're right. No, and I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. People with power don't have to do that. And you're right. She probably should. I think we were upset about different things. Mm. Okay, you're upset about that she's not come out and said anything. I'm upset. No, I'm not, I'm not upset about that. I'm upset about the people who have suffered in her workplaces. Sure, I'm upset about that. Um, that. The, the shit that the media are holding on to, they may and will truly be completely inaccurate. But they've stopped. That's the thing. Like, this hit the headlines a few weeks ago. The Ellen headlines have stopped because people don't care enough. It's exactly like Chrissy Teigen. She's beloved. So, yeah. so people don't look anymore. They're like, oh, it's okay because we have different standards of who we like and people we don't like, and which is mm, why I think mm-hmm. it's so important to keep we, – we have to have kind of really, really clear – lines of rules right this is the standard behavior we accept and this is the standard standard behavior that we don't accept my carpet is dog shit i need a runner oh man ellen is a workplace bully she needs to be held to account chrissy teigen bullied a child she needs to be held to account and i don't think that we should confuse that with anything else except for the behavior that's the very kind of grounding of our justice system we're like okay Harm is harm, and you have to be accountable for it. Oh, definitely. I 100% agree. And 
I, I feel like you think when I talk about oh, DeGeneres, you're thinking that I'm giving here an excuse to be mean, just like how I, it felt like before I was giving the bullies an excuse to be bullies, mm-hmm. like they're a bit damaged or whatever. Da, 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 da. And that might actually be the case. And I'm not saying that she should underpay her staff. I'm not saying anything of the sort. If she owes people money, if she has been rude, if she's been nasty, definitely. But we can't all be nice all the time and we can't all be perfect all the time. No, we can't. But when we are imperfect and when we are unkind, we need to be held accountable. Sure. I agree. Definitely. Um, I hope you get a new carpet soon, Claire. <laughs> I hope I do too. But I think I think the really interesting thing that this conversation has pulled up and one thing I want to unpack a little bit more with you, Bron, is that I think one of the reasons that the Ellen story resonates with you is because you are in the stand-up comedy scene and you are at the kind of the, that you were at the start of those struggles that you were seeing so, somebody. Yeah. So you guys have only just started. I've only started what, like about a year ago. And she's, she's wildly uh, fun. No, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying this because you keep making fun of my carpet and trying to make <laughs> myself feel better, but you know, you are wildly talented and wildly funny and you deserve to be on that stage. And I can't, I, I can't imagine what it would feel like up there. I can't, I can't even fathom how brave you are. And this is something where I don't, I don't have insight into what that feels like. Yeah. It is like, uh, it is strange being a woman in that industry because you don't know whether to look, uh, how to look. Mm. Whereas blokes are kind of, it feels like, and again, I'm not a bloke, I can't say what they, how they feel or how they, what they, what they decide upon, mm. but it feels like they just kind of stumble on stage, uh, and they smell a bit weird a lot of the time. Can I and share a story here? You and I had a conversation quite early on, and I think you were doing, I, I might have been the moth, and just, again, dropping here, Bron has won the moth a number of times. She's very, very clever and very, very funny. Jesus. And if you don't follow her, you're an idiot. And if you like Ellen, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but we were having a conversation about what you should wear on stage, and it was a really fascinating one because it really went down to the bones of, how women should appear on stage and you know you're quite a beautiful woman and like you were you were like I don't want to look like I care too much and I don't want to look like I'm you know like I'm trying too hard but I also don't want to look like I don't care and it was like this really interesting kind of unpacking about how you should present yeah because the weight on women is too much if if a woman looks like she's tried too much we wonder why she's trying Mm -hmm. and if a woman looks a bit disheveled we think wow she's really fucking this Mm. up she has no time she's not got it together so as a stand-up comedian where you the entire thing is pretty like you you're making fun of yourself a lot of the time because you don't, especially as like you know a white privileged woman, you can't be a stand up and be like, "Poor me, poor me." You have to be like, "I'm a piece of shit. Look how <laughs> shit I am." Like you have to my like Gorman. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Gorman. It's from Clint's Crazy Bargains. Shout out to Canberra, but Woo! it is. <laughs> but it is. Like, like you can't like everything. Everything means something. Yeah, it and does. That, and like the blokes that and everyone's I, watching. Every, the blokes that doesn't seem to have it. Every like every like t- every sentence you have. Like I went to raw comedy uh, like w- months ago now, and I watched this one fantastic new comedian, and she was a little bit too. It felt like even when I, like all her jokes were so beautifully cu- curated, and she was clever, and she was like 
interesting and every, like her timing was so good but I knew she wouldn't get through because she was too political mm. and she was too feminist. And you're allowed, you're allowed as a woman and I guess I, I see, you know, I see you working so hard and having such wonderful natural talent but that doesn't kind of shield the fact that you have to work hard and harder than every man on the stage and then I guess I see you react to Ellen and I think it's because you, you know, you get, you get what that feels like. You get how that is to start and to struggle and to like, and to have really hard shitty bits and you relate to that. And so. Yeah. And I wasn't even a gay woman in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I and wasn't even really... a woman in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> you were a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess I, I think I, just to pair back our conversation again, I mean, I think it's a really interesting reflection on unpacking why people react strongly to things. The, re- the reason that I react really strongly to someone like Ellen is because I've dedicated the last five years of my career to helping victims in the workplace as a particular cohort, and I won't waver on that. And the reason that you react so strongly to Ellen is because you are in an I- that industry and you are, you know, you're trying to make it in that industry and you experience it every day, what it fucking feels like to be, you know, to be slaughtered in it. And it's brutal and it's yeah. hard. And, but, but both of our perspectives are layered in things and are laid in experiences. Yes. Yeah. But my carpet is also laid in experiences. It is. <laughs> Many gross experiences. No, but you're totally right. It's, you're totally right. Like I will, I'm like, I'm desperate for Ellen to be a good person. Like I really hope she is. Because you admire her. And like, that would be the same reason as why everyone is desperate for, you know, for, Chrissy Teigen to be amazing yeah. and faultless and also for uh, Courtney Stodden to be just a piece of work. Because we look at her and we're like, you married an older man and you did it for his money and we want to see the worst in you and we want to see the best in the people we admire. And we made fun, we made fun of you 10 years ago and please yeah. don't make me feel wrong. So I will, we're going to wrap it up in a sec, but I do want to say that I think I, I – Okay, Courtney Stodden made a an Instagram post not so long ago when she um, it was on March third this year, and she was explaining why she's getting divorced. And I think this would have been really hard for people who bullied her to um, to read because it really humanized her and mm. it made her seem like she understands what happened to her. So I'll read it to you real quick. Today I'm officially divorced. Born. <laughs> Fuck, I hate you. You're Chrissy Teigen. I'm calling Ellen. You're fired. Today I'm officially divorced from actor Doug Hutchinson. Uh, it's an emotional day for me. God only knows how he's feeling, but I can tell you that it's it's for the better. I look back at this picture and feel, which is a picture of her, like, looking at him adoringly and she's a tiny child and, again, he's an ancient vessel of shit. Um, I look back at this picture and I feel absolutely taken advantage of. I have been scared to even speak about it, um, feeling groomed or being verbally abused during during the almost 10-year marriage because I was a child and he was 50 when we married and I'm a woman now and it's time for me to put my big girl pants on and speak on this matter. I felt completely trapped, manipulated and at times abandoned by adults. Growing up in such an environment, it became a lonely and dark place. 
Uh, and to Doug, I'll always love you, yet I'll always be angry. You've left me a child woman, feeling belittled and confused. These things I shall overcome. I wish you well. Please don't ever do this to another minor again. It's not right. Even if the parent signs off, wait a respectable amount of time before marrying. Children aren't on your level. I'll always love you regardless. Be better, as shall I. So if you take anything from this, guys, stop fucking cyberbullying children. Just <laughs> stop. Yeah, but yeah, that <laughs> is stop marrying them. It's not that moral, right? <laughs> but it is. It is. It's a thing of like. I think one of the reasons why I was I was excited about talking about Courtney is because when she came, when she when I ten years ago when she married this man, I was disgusted mm. and more so at her than him, which is horrible. And this is a patriarchy, right? Yep. And that is, is also why we we call the employees of Ellen into account rather than Ellen herself. It's the same kind of system that privileges power. So um, to Courtney, because she's probably listening, um, <laughs> good luck, babe. And also, you're really fucking articulate and you're clever and you're brave. And of all of us, you deserve a bloody good run and better carpet than me. <laughs> and to Claire, if you don't change your carpet, this is the last time I'm coming over. <laughs> All right, you guys, we've been good shillers. Bye. Bye.